Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Yeah, IO. That's where we're at right now, folks. This. All of this is where we're at right now, guys. Because Ryan Day doesn't know how to be aggressive anymore. He's soft. And because of that, the OHIO podcast, which is brought to you by Fansided and Scarlet and Game, along with Big Banter, is sporting the colors of the enemies and the logo of the enemies podcast. Because Ryan Day is soft so i'm paying up tonight folks paying up be honest i'm not sure how long i can take this i'm trying to stomach it because i'm a man of my word but guys here we are that's the situation we're in tonight is eric looks like he's a ghost because evie buck's green screen technology is terrible and i have their terrible logo behind me and we're showing their terrible logo on our page. Aaron, Chris, how you guys doing tonight? Don't look, Archie. <laughs> Don't look, Archie. Oh, I guess we're going to have a therapy session tonight for Buckeye Nation. That's where we're at tonight. Uh, because of I this. Yeah, tell me about it, Jr. I know. I, I need it, Eric. Let me tell you. This is bad. Yeah, Jake. Yikes, Eric. I know. Trust me. I am. I'm. I am hurting in my soul tonight. I am hurting in my soul. So, this is gonna be a rough one, guys. But we got to do it. We got to do it because number one, I'm a man of my word, and number two, it's who we are. And we're going to push through this. We've got a lot of questions to answer tonight. Now we're gonna we're gonna talk about the game. 
We're going to talk about uh, many of the mistakes that were made in this game. Uh, we might even... <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Yeah, someone threw up on your background. I know. I know. It's, it's bad. Uh, we're going to talk about all those things tonight, and then we're going to talk about the issues that you're not going to get on some of these podcasts because I feel like we here at the OHIO podcast... We have our finger on the pulse of Buckeye Nation, maybe better than a lot of the podcasts do, because the three of us are fans, and we feel it tonight. We felt it yesterday. We're feeling it tonight. We're not a part of the media who's like, I don't care who wins and loses. We care. We care who wins and loses. And when they lose, it hurts. It hurts us, man, because we're fans of this team. We spend a lot of money. Chris? Man, we've spent a lot of money the last couple of years, you and I have. A whole lot of money. Going to these football games. And and I'm invested. I'm invested financially. I'm invested emotionally. Yeah. I'm I'm invested <clears throat> doggone spiritually with this football team. And this hurts, man. This one hurts because this is what my childhood in the 90s felt like. This right here. John Cooper had a lot of really good football teams, guys. Yes, he did. Good enough to win national yeah. champions championships. Yes, he did. And he would get to the end of the year, and he would choke against that team up north. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. So, uh, Jake Detweiler, will we have enough time to talk about the mistake? No. Which one? Yeah, which I was going to ask. The whole which. game was a mistake. <laughs> Which one of those do we want to talk about? Um, let's start here. Chris, I'll let you go first. You're the veteran on this show. You've been through more of these games than Aaron and I have. So you've you've experienced more joy and more suffering. Your initial reaction from yesterday's 30-24 to 24 loss to the team up north. You, you know, I'd like to say I'm just numb at this point, but I'm not. I am still beyond angry at what I witnessed yesterday. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I should have expected it. I've been, you know, Eric, for over a year, I've been calling this guy, John Cooper 2.0. You have, uh, you know, and no one wanted to believe me and buy into it. And I, I feel a little bit vindicated, but at the same time, it, it saddens me. It really does because Ryan day's legacy at Ohio state is going to be one of missed opportunity. You look at the teams we had. We had the great, I think, the greatest quarterback in college football over the last two years prior to this in C.J. Stroud, and we wasted it. We had a great defense and by far probably the best player in all of college football this year in Marvin Harrison Jr., and we've wasted it. Ryan Day's only win came with Urban Meyer's players. It's it's a joke. It's, I, I don't even know. You, you know, as I watched this game progress, you know, we thought coming in that we were seeing this team be a little more physical, but no, it wasn't even close. There was a team out there, and I think, I don't know, I think I might have mentioned this yesterday when, uh, you know, after, after we'd started talking a little bit after the game. Ryan Day, when I look at Ryan Day in the Ohio State sideline, I see a very professional, very NFL-like sideline. 
when I see the Michigan sideline, I see a much more of a college sideline. There is a college feel. There is a college culture on that sideline. Now, is, is it a is it a cheating cheeseburger eating culture? Very likely, but that had no effect on this game, none whatsoever. This was a team that was fired up, that was playing for each other. Yeah. That I I don't know. I just I can't. I don't know if I can properly explain it. This was a, the teams are different. Mm-hmm. That team wanted it. There was they were playing with heart. You, can I tell you what the difference is? They don't care about the NFL draft in four months. Yeah, they don't. But you know what? I, I one of I, the I don't best know players about- went out went out uh, went out on a stretcher, right? Yeah, and it was it, almost and it, it fired him up. It was almost like our sideline went, oh, man, I don't want that to be me because I've got millions of dollars coming in four months. And they were like, dude, we're going to win for him. That's the difference. Yeah. Team, team culture, not money culture. You know, we, we've sat here and we've criticized and we've made fun of Jim Harbaugh for the last, what, nine, ten years now. <clears throat> mocked this guy. But the fact is he has created a winning culture in Ann Arbor. And we can't dispute that anymore. Mm-mm. Cannot. Uh, Matt Butcher says, I did a 12-hour taxi shift and stayed up for the whole game. I was gobsmacked and still can't believe we lost and played that way. I told my two I told two of my kids that woke when the last quarter was nearly finished that we lost, and even they said, that's not good, Dad. Archie, which is his son's name, nearly cried. Dude, that's – I'm, I'm sure our, our Archie was probably crying a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was. Jake Detweiler, don't they have like forty-four seniors? Yeah, they do. Between true seniors and super <clears throat> seniors, yeah, they've they've they're they are a senior-laden team. But so were we. We had a lot of seniors too. And, and you look at that though, Eric. Look at the guys that came back for them too. Mm-hmm. Blake Corum didn't have to come back this year. No, he, he even with the injury, he could have gone and still been. I would say at no worse a day two. Late day two pick. They had two linemen come back that could have been drafted. Absolutely. Zentner last year would have probably been a first round draft pick. Eh, second or third. But yeah, he'd have been at least no worse than a second day, right? Yeah. Aaron, your initial reaction, man. I don't even know what to say. I, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, I, I can't really sum it up any better than what you guys have said. I mean, it's it is the '90s all over again. Um, I think you know I've calmed down emotionally, and I think that <clears throat> maybe Ryan Day gets one more year, and if he does not turn this around next year, that's it. I just don't see a way to justify bringing him back at that point. You're one in four. You got out coached by an assistant that had three other responsibilities. Their best, arguably their best lineman, goes out with an injury, and they score on the next play. Um, and that's because of you know Sonny Styles being out of he wasn't his alignment was poor, um, and that happened again a couple of more times throughout the game. Nobody corrected it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what which, to make of Which, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the big problem last year. 
Yeah, that was. Yeah, guys that were out of alignment last year, and yes, the same thing happened. We got torched. Yes, and that's honestly that's kind of been the last two years. Um, but it was the whole team instead of just one guy. But you right. can see, football is a game of inches. Yes. and him being out of alignment on one play was the difference. Now you could say Kyle McCord throwing a pass early, getting an interception. That was the difference. Again, it's the same theme here. In games this close, you cannot make stupid mistakes. Mental errors are not a thing in rivalries, especially ones where this much was on the line. That cannot happen. And that is a cultural issue. That is communication between Ryan Day and Kyle McCord. That is also, it could be a talent issue. Kyle McCord's been in this program for what, three years now? Right? Yeah. Three years now. And he still throws duck passes under pressure. Why would that even be a thought in his mind to do that? Not okay. And to your point, Eric, there was a couple of those plays. Marvin Harrison could have put more effort in. He could have. Play defense. If you see that the defender is cutting into the route, play a little defense. I know he's a receiver, but play a little defense. It's okay. You're not. It, it's not the end of the world. And somebody said Tommy Eichenberg being out two weeks. You know, it showed, and I think that he's not wrong. However, if you're wondering about that, and you guys asked during the game, <clears throat> I believe. Okay, I don't know. I wasn't in the locker room or at practice all week. But based on the fact that they did it the whole game, I would say the linebackers were lined up so wide because I think Jim Knowles' game plan was to keep everything in the center of the field, which that's a smart idea. However, if you know you're getting toasted by a a certain tight end pass, maybe (laughs) adjust the alignment to the inside just a little bit. If you know that that tight end is not faster than Steel Chambers, and he is not, maybe bump him to the inside because you know Chambers is going to get to the outside faster than that tight end. He's done it several times. He's got His interception this year was on that, a similar route just to the outside. He beat the, the, the receiver to the punch. So you know he's capable. I, I just on all levels, from coaching staff to the players on the field – this was just a magnificent failure, and it shouldn't have been. We have about double the people watching than we normally do, and I'm sure a lot of them are fans from the team up north who are here to gloat and to uh, uh, bask in their victory. Which, And if you're not, if you're an Ohio State fan, this is not my normal background. This is called losing a bet, okay? This is called losing a bet. To uh, our sister podcast on Big Banter, Victor's Nation. That is why you'll see their logo in the corner along with ours. But that is what it is. <coughs> so we're going to pay that up. All right. Let's give out uh, a letter grades here. And oh, be- before we do that, I do want to address this. This is a great question from Nick Quint. Nick, we do not have the time to address this question today in, in full. This will be its own show. So, uh, we have, a, we have a lot of, of, of time to fill with content this offseason, and you're, you're gonna, I'm going to tag this question, and we're going to come back to this and make an entire, uh, a, an entire YouTube video on just that question. That's a great question. 
All right. Letter grades. Uh, let's start with the uh, defense first. Defensively, we gave up 338 total yards, 182 passing, 156 rushing, 5.6 yards per play. Uh, we gave up only 18 first downs. They were only 3 of 12 on third down, but here's the killer, 3 of 3 on fourth down. They ran 60 total plays, 3 punts. They had 3 penalties uh, for 34 yards on offense, um, no turnovers. Time of possession, 33-28. So they won in time of possession. They won, <clears throat> on, they won on fourth down, obviously. And that's it. Rushing yard and rushing yards and turnovers. Defensively, it was not terrible, guys. Defensively, no. I mean, now the offense put the defense in a terrible position early in the game in first quarter. Outside of that, and then the what you talked about, the, the run after the injury, Aaron, the stats were good enough, in my opinion, to win this football game. Except the one stat that mattered. I, which is points. I get yeah. it. I got it. I understand that. So with that being said, <coughs> I went with a, a, a B- minus as my letter grade for the defense uh, in this game. Uh Chris, what is, what about you? What's your letter grade? Yeah, I also went with a B minus because um, on top of everything that you talked about, we did not get a turnover. We did not produce more than one sack. That just wasn't going to get it done against a team like what we were playing. So I had to go B minus. Aaron? I'm going C plus um, because you're right. Statistically, number-wise – they did great until they didn't, you know, um, you got to keep them out of the end zone. And we failed to do that the whole second half. So I, you know, I don't care if they held them to 50 yards passing, if that resulted in every score happening in the second half that it did, um, you know, doesn't really matter. So uh, I've, I can't really go better than like slightly above average for what we saw Saturday. Uh, yeah, Jake uh, Detweller said C+. Plus. We have Jeffrey Tipton here said C. Brian was a harsh grader. He said F-. minus, <laughs> uh, B- minus from Larry Daniels. <coughs> All right, let's look at the offense. 378 <coughs> – still choked up. 378 total yards, 271 passing, 107 rushing. Not good there, guys. We got to get better there. 6.5 yards per play, though. Uh, 22 first downs. We were four of nine on third down. Um, didn't go for a fourth down. That's on you, Ryan. Uh, three punts. One pit. We had one penalty. One penalty the whole game. But we had two turnovers, and we possessed the ball for 26 minutes and 32 seconds. Um, my letter grade here, guys, is a C plus. I'm being very kind. Because I'm averaging what what the overall. I thought the offensive line actually did okay this game. They did better than what I was worried they would do. Um, McCord played okay other than the two bad passes. Running game, again, was okay, but not great. Our receivers, which is where we had a great advantage, even they at times, I you know, again, I'm tired of the drops from um help me out here i i'm surprised Fleming. Fleming 
I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of the drops from Fleming. So I went, I went C plus. I was generous, Chris. Yeah, you were generous. Uh, I thought I was being generous going C minus because, you know, what we saw was just unacceptable football. Uh, you know, the, the two turnovers, they were just bad. I mean, just bad turnovers. And then on top of that, you know, I agree with you. The offensive line didn't look completely horrid, but they were not getting the push that we needed in the run game. Uh, but what about that drive? You know, 100 – that drive was one like, drive, but one. I don't explain this to me. How do you have a drive like that? And then you go right back out on the field and you can't do it. They adjusted. Yeah. Michigan adjusted. That's, that's how. So it's a lack you, you of know, adjusting then, to the adjustment. It's effort. It's maybe they were tired, which I don't see how because they were barely on the field, seemed like. Uh, the defense had a lot more excuse to be like, hey, we're tired. We're getting worn out down here. Offense shouldn't have experienced that much fatigue. But, I mean, to me, I think that it just comes down to who wanted it more, and we saw who wanted it more. Yeah, and that's another thing. You know, the, the you <clears throat> mentioned who wanted it more. I think that was on display in our wide receiver room. And, Eric, yeah. maybe it's what you were talking about. They were thinking ahead to the draft, but – uh, you know, Aaron brought it up earlier. That first route where Johnson jumped the interception. Yeah. You know, that was bad. We, bad we could have had more effort from Harrison. You, you know, we had, had drop balls by Agbuka. It was a bad throw. He stared down the receiver again. Bad throw. Because that's what he does. Harrison yep. didn't fight for I get it. There's, it was bad all around. Aaron, you're letting yeah. great on the offense. As good as the offensive line looked, they didn't look comparatively to what I've seen around the country, they didn't look close to that. As far as like, you know, Georgia or Alabama, when they look good, that's not what they look like to me. They had one very solid drive, and that was probably the drive of the season as far as running the ball goes. Okay. But I can't give much of a great letter grade for that one drive. I got to go D plus for two turnovers that looked absolute. They were just ridiculous. Poor effort from the receiver room. Uh, they weren't chasing down those interceptions. Uh, they didn't even try to bat it down. They just stood there after it happened. Um, you know, Travion gave it his best. It felt like uh, he got absolutely blasted on a play and got right back up. He showed exceptional toughness. Cade Stover had a good game. Outside of that, I just I can't really go above a D plus. Jay Thompson, the difference in this game was Honda McCord. Facts. That was a big difference. <clears throat> uh, Jeff says C flat C. Donald Hoffer C minus on his grade. <clears throat> D minus here. Uh, he said he's not generous. D minus. <laughs> um. Jay says, I'll give the rest of the offense a B if we can take McCord out of the equation. No, I, I can't even agree with that. I really can't. Uh, C minus from Jake. All right, let's see here. A lot of good comments coming in tonight, guys. Appreciate this. Looking for grades. Donald Hoffer, D minus. <clears throat> Turnovers killed us. Yep, absolutely. That whole absolutely. statement was on the money. 
Uh, I'll go back to that in a second. Uh, B minus due to the turnovers there from Larry. Uh, let's see what that tur uh, comment was. The turnovers killed us. They didn't execute plays when they really mattered. Yep, you're right. Uh, my buddy Frank from uh, Scarlet and Game. I was more disappointed in the O-line. Thought there was a little push in the run game, and that last interception falls on our tackles for getting beat. I think that whole play was a disaster. Uh, yes. If he could have stepped up in the pocket and ran. Like he did earlier in the game when he, he made had, that big throw. He, he had a lane there, guys. Just there was a few he could times. have got the first, stopped the clock, and had another play. There was a few times that that happened. No idea where we go from here other than maybe let McCord and Brown leave. So we're going to talk about that, Brian. The whole second, <clears throat> whole second part of this show is going to be dedicated to this stuff. Uh, Brian says C, and that's being generous. Yes, it is. Um, great comments, guys. <clears throat> okay, letter uh, handout Buckeye leaves. This is really hard. This was this was really hard to do this week. Offensive player of the game. I'll go first. I gave it to Marvin Harrison Jr. Aaron. I'm giving it to Travion for his toughness, what he displayed. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I actually went the same way as Aaron did. I thought him getting injured, given his past, and, and going right back out there saying, take me up and let me back in the game, showed a lot. Okay. Uh, let's look up some of those stats real fast here for you. Uh, Travion Henderson had 19 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. He had three receptions for 19 yards. Marvin Harrison Jr. had five receptions for <coughs> 118 yards and a touchdown. Excuse me. All right, defensive – Player of the game. I went with Steel Chambers. He led the team in tackles with 13. I, I, I really struggled to find who to give it to on defense. That's why I went with Steel. Uh, this time I'll let you go first, Chris. Yeah, I did the same thing. I just went with Steel for the tackles lead. Um, you know, I didn't think – while I thought everybody was okay, I didn't think anything but he really stood out. Mm -mm. Aaron? Yeah, I'll go with Steel. Um <clears throat> Secondary, you know, did their job for the most part. Plays are going to happen, but steal. Devin Brown did well. I mean, and he almost had an interception that, again, maybe we maybe we talk about this at some point, but was it or wasn't it? I mean, heck of an effort. I mean, that, if, that was an interception. It Cut felt like it, it felt so. Like, it felt here's, like Maurice Claret 2.0 is what it felt like. You know. Well, here's the problem with that on passing plays. <clears throat> When both of them come down with simultaneous possession goes to the it, offense. Yes. Except he, that there wasn't simultaneous possession because the ball was still moving. Well, perhaps. But the problem is, and this could have been much more disputed if it hadn't crossed the goal line. I think that's where we get hemmed up here. He had possession just long enough to cross the goal line. And I think that's, that's obvious. That had to have been what they credit him with. But but if you go to the rule book, you know, and the whole concept of completing the catch, it's not really a catch until you make the com you know complete the catch and make it to the ground. Yeah, you, you know, there's just so much there that it, we could we could do a show on this, Eric. I mean, seriously. Oh we're, yeah. oh, we're going to. We've got plenty of content for this off season. Look who joined us tonight, my buddy Eric Osbeck. I don't think we've seen him on the live in a long time. Haven't. No, Eric, it is fantastic to see you. Not yes. under these conditions, <clears throat> I understand. But it is great to see you tonight. Uh, hope to see you at the spring game. I think we're planning on doing that. 
And, and speaking of that, when we come back from commercial here in a few minutes, um, we're going to talk about another event we're going to do at an OSU hockey game. Um, Sonny from the Illini cast is with us tonight from Big Banter. He says, I'm neutral, but I think Day called a great game. I think McCord just isn't the guy. Last few years, you had the QB, but not the defense. Now you have everything except the QB. You know, <clears throat> I'm going to speak to that comment. It feels like we never can put it all together, does it? We either we have one thing, but not the other. Uh, and then it switches on us, and it's – I got to stop talking with my hands. I'm, like, making myself sick with the whole ghosting thing going on here. I just love the fact that it looks like you, me, and Aaron all now have the same barber. <laughs> I have hair. It's there. See? Well, there it is, but when you're sitting up straight, it's not. That's my, re- <laughs> my receding hairline just keeps going higher, apparently. Uh, Gets us all, bud. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Offensive play of the game. Um, who wants to go first? Aaron, go ahead. I don't know if I could do a single play. I just the thing that sticks out to me is that one drive that we ran it down their throat. If I could do that drive, that's what I'd like to do. Cause that was really well executed. The whole, the whole drive. Okay. I'll, I'll find a way to make that work. I went with Marvin Harrison jr's, um, 44 yard, uh, t- catch before halftime. Just a shame. We didn't get any points out of that thing. Cause that was a, he was pass interfered. He was tackled and still made the catch even though he'd been tackled, I thought that was a tremendous uh, play. Well, so I went see, with that. And that's, that right there is why I have a problem with somebody saying that Day called a good game. He left points on the field. He let 30-something seconds run off the clock, no points out of it. Come on. I know, I know. That's I, a good you, – you think that's calling a good game? It's that's not. playing scared. Get it is. out of here. That's why he's not. That's why we said we want we want an angry and aggressive Ryan Day. That's not being angry and aggressive Ryan Day. Yeah, this is another good one, Jeff. Uh, the pass over the middle to Stover. That was actually yeah. a beautiful ball. Like yeah. that was that was a great pass. Like he, he's got it in him. That's what's so frustrating. Is he shows he lacks you, I, consistency. He does. He does. Um. Yeah, so I'm just looking down through some of these. Man, the comments tonight, fantastic, guys. Uh, did we get yours, Chris? I don't believe we did. No, but I also went with the Harrison Jr. catch. I mean, I, I couldn't give him the play offensive player of the game because I thought Henderson was tougher, and honestly, at times I questioned how much effort went into some of Harrison's plays, which is the first time that since he's been there that I've done that. But uh, I have to give him credit on that catch because that was phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. So – I'll make sure I didn't miss any here. Um, so many tonight, guys. Thank you. Uh, here's one. Henderson to tie it at 14. <coughs> I think that's the same one that um, you were talking about, Aaron. I think it was actually yeah. – Yeah. I think it was 17. I think it tied the game at 17. That yes. Time. Um, <coughs> here's one. Defensive play of the game. Now, it would have been the INT. If it would have st- if it would have stood as an INT, if they would have changed the call, that would have been the defensive play of the game. Unfortunately, I can't call it that because they they didn't change it. I I sat there and I scratched my head all afternoon trying to figure out what we would call for defensive play of the game. Jack saw your sacks. Only thing I could come up with. Yeah, that's what I had. 
I didn't even come up with one. I'll be honest. I'll just I'll agree with you on that. On okay. we'll make it three, but I didn't I didn't have one. Like I just didn't. <laughs> what about you guys out there? Do any of can any of you think of a defensive play that sticks out that would have been a play of the game other than that one? I, I like Jay Thompson's. Okay. This one? Yep. He saved us from three interceptions because that for sure would have been one. Oh yeah. Yeah, in the end zone too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's right. I can change that to you if you want yeah, me to. Yeah, please do. That was a good one. <laughs> I will. On the money. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> only, only Aaron. <laughs> you, you know what would have been a great defensive play of the day, play of the game? Yeah, if they had stopped. Because if we could have stopped him just half. once on the fourth down, that would have been a great defensive play of the game. Just Amen, once, sister. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Can't come up with one. <laughs> Oh, shoot. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got playoff scenarios to talk about. We've got uh, the pulse of the fan. Interesting poll question, boys. Very interesting poll question we're going to talk about on what to do with Ryan Day and this team and how does Buckeye Nation feel about it. And then we're going to talk about how fans should look at the bowl game if we don't go to the CFP. All of that is coming up next right on the backside of this quick commercial break. Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, I had to get rid of that background. Please, please forgive me, Victor's Nation. I couldn't do the whole game because it was it was actually giving me a headache. It was like blurry and it was becoming I don't know if it, how it was for you guys, but it was like like almost jumping to me. I wanted to throw up. <laughs> I'll leave you. I'll leave your. <coughs> I'll leave your logo in the corner. If there's any uh, team up north fans watching us tonight, gloating in, in, in our sadness as we cry into our drinks tonight, our tears of sadness, and you find great joy in that, do us a favor. Go over to Victor's Nation on YouTube and and subscribe to their channel. They're actually really good guys, uh, other than the fact that they've chosen the wrong team to root for. But uh, a lot of them, I'm sure, was raised that way. It's not their fault. Uh, but uh, we do want to we do want to just uh, uh, plug them because they are a sister podcast of ourselves, and uh, it, it's it's really rare to find three guys who we can talk about this game and not get in fistfights with. So I'm down though. Yeah, I know Aaron. Aaron's ready. Aaron's ready. <laughs> I, I, I like our, I like our uh, chances with Sergeant MVP there on our side. I, I, there, I like. do too. I do too. Uh, although although the woman from Purdue, she was ready to fight me. What Dylan? No, just kidding. Dylan. Just kidding. That was a... <laughs> oh, yeah, the cheeseburger lady. <laughs> the cheeseburger lady was ready to fight me. Well, about wasn't the it Big Mac? Me. Oh, yeah, bit, whatever the case. A Whopper or something like that? <laughs> Big yeah. Mac Mary. That's what it was. <laughs> Big Mac Mary. That's it. That's it. All right. Okay. Let's do this tonight. Let's jump on this one here tonight. The CFP. Is it completely out of the question for Ohio State? Chris, tell us what needs to happen in order for Ohio State to make the CFP. And this is my question to all of you in the chat. Now that we've lost this game, do you even want to see this team in the CFP? 
That's my question. Do you even want to see it? If you do, why? If not, why not? Chris, what's the scenario? Okay, so we almost got a lot of help last night, Eric. We really did. Because there was two teams that were on the verge of falling last night in Washington and Alabama, and neither one of them went down. Alabama, I don't know if you guys watched the Iron Bowl or not, but that was, wow. That was crazy. That was that was a wild finish to that one. Yeah. But anyhow, so what's going to happen in order for Ohio, or got to happen in order for Ohio State to get in is this. You have to have losses by Florida State, Texas, and Oregon in their final game for Ohio State to get in. Okay. You know, now, I've seen predictions that Ohio State's going to be anywhere from 6th to 8th in the rankings. Say, say that again. We need losses from who? Oregon. Okay. Has to lose to Washington. So, so Washington needs to beat Oregon again. Florida okay. State needs to down, be downed by Louisville. Louisville needs to beat Florida State. Got it. And then Texas has to lose to Oklahoma State. I think there's one more in there, too. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. There's a fourth one. Alabama has to fall to Georgia. There you go. Georgia's got to beat Alabama. And, and I was just talking about the Alabama thing. I don't, maybe that's why I forgot to mention it. Yes, Alabama has to fall to Georgia. Um, <clears throat> because th- this is what it comes down to. Of the one-loss teams in that ca- scenario where all those teams fall, Ohio State does have the strongest strength of schedule. Alabama's close, but they would then have two losses. Right. So – and, and they've, they've have, never put a two-loss team into the CFP. We would have what is considered the best loss. We would have the best loss. Yeah. And we would be a fourth seed re- now, playing Georgia again in a rematch. Some people really are saying – really want to see that? Bowers is out for the season, so yeah, I'll take it. Well, this is the thing. Some people are saying, well, Ohio State might get in ahead of Texas even if they both have one loss. Yes, Ohio State would have the best loss. Texas would have the best win and a tie and a conference championship if they win. Texas would get in over Ohio State, <clears throat> cut and dry. Mm-hmm. So those four teams all have to lose in order for the Buckeyes to get in. Is it possible? <clears throat> I think Florida State. It's very possible Florida State goes down. Yeah, they they almost got beat yeah. by Florida last night. I think that Texas could lose to Oklahoma State. Will they? I don't know, but they could. Uh, I also feel that, you know, it's, it's not improbable that you see Oregon go down to Washington. The one that scares me the most is Alabama. After watching them in the Iron Bowl last night, I almost feel like this is, you know, we like to have, refer to our 2002 team as a team of destiny. Mm-hmm. After watching them scrape out a couple wins this year and scrape out that Iron Bowl game last night, it almost feels like something special could be happening for Alabama. And if they take down Georgia, you know they're in. Yes. And Georgia's not going to fall all the way out. Nope. The Uh, worst thing for all of college football is for Alabama to beat Georgia because then two SEC teams are going to be in. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Brian, there's no way that uh, Michigan's going to lose to Iowa. I know you meant to put Iowa there. Um, we're throwing Purdue in there because we're, we're friends with the Purdue podcast. I got you. Um, the NCAA is not going to block this team at, at this point. No, what will happen, if anything, Eric, is down the road, if they decide that all these violations warrant it, they would be vacated wins. 
but it does nothing for anybody that they're going to face this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Frank, I think you <laughs> would find it hard to put a one-loss OSU in two years in a, in a row. <clears throat> Not if the alternative is a two-loss Bama or a, a one-loss Florida State team who doesn't have their starting quarterback who lost to a two-loss Louisville. Um, yep. <laughs> there you go. How about, How about the boilers? boilers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, man, it, it, this is this. So this is if if your scenario comes true, Chris, you have Georgia one. Yes. You have the team up north two. Yes. You have Washington three. Yes. And you would have Ohio State four. Setting up a rematch from last year. Here's the thing. You know who I think might be the best team in college football? Top of the <clears throat> Oregon? Oregon. At this I, point, yeah. I don't know that Washington's going to beat them again. They play so fast. It's so physical. They, they, that's, they, that's the team. Like, if Ohio State was still in this thing, that's the team where I'm like, boy, I want Georgia to get them in the first round, not us. Yeah. Because that, that team – that team is for real. <clears throat> uh, let's see. <clears throat> In all seriousness, this football season with you guys has been a blast. Many more to come. Absolutely, Dylan. Looking forward to many more. Hearts, Dylan. <clears throat> so that's the scenario, guys. It's it's unlikely to happen. Is it possible? Yeah. Um, but it's unlikely. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes this week with all of the uh, – the uh, conference championships. I do think Washington Oregon is the is the best game out there this week. I really do. I think Georgia Alabama will be interesting, but I think, in all seriousness, as Ohio State fans, it's hard to root for either one of them. But we have to root for Georgia if we want to be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yep. can't because the, the if Alabama <laughs> beats Georgia, I'm telling you, straight as straight lace, they're both getting in. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely both getting in. Um, So that's the scenario we need to see happen is what Chris laid out. Thank you, Chris, for that. All right, (laughs) next topic here. This is one is is super interesting. How does Buckeye Nation view Ryan Day right now? I put this poll question out yesterday, and I gave – I gave you four options, and I did it on both Facebook and Twitter. And I got two different results. We got two different results based on which um, social media platform you're looking at. Let's take a look at at, at these. Uh, oh, by the way, I, we can't pass this up before we do that. The same comments were the same 365 days ago. We'll get embarrassed in the CFP. We came within a field goal of a natty beating Georgia until the very end. Thanks for a great year, guys. Go Bucks. Mike Wargo's in the house tonight. Oh, and H, buddy. And he's right, too. They were the same a year yeah. ago. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Mike. It sounds like it looked like your tailgate yesterday was you, awesome. You know what, though, guys? I'd say one thing's different. I think we had a little more optimism last year. The biggest difference was C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the Big reason time. for the optimism, I think. But Big yeah. time. All right. Here we go. Let's take Facebook first. <clears throat> Let's look at Facebook first here. 
Where are you at with Ryan Day? <coughs> Your options were fire him. He is officially on the hot seat. I'm disappointed, but you never fire someone who wins 11 games every year. Give him a lifetime contract. I love Ryan Day. Please um, tell me no one put that. So, oh, yeah. There was, People there was did. a couple. There and and a if couple. they did, they had to be Michigan fans. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. it's a, That is a possibility. That is a possibility. Uh, 552 people voted on this on Facebook. Our most ever voted on poll question on Facebook. 552, guys. The results were 11% said they wanted him fired right now. So that is approximately what? If I do my math wrong, about 55, about, another, about 60, people. 60 people, somewhere around 60 people. Uh, he is officially on the hot seat, is double that. So you got about 120. Overwhelmingly, 66%, two thirds said you never fire someone with who has won 11 games. And then there were literally, uh, let's see, that would be. Ten people, right? Ten people what? said, "I love Ryan Day. Give him a lifetime contract." Can we? What are the age? I'm sorry. What okay. are the? What are the age demographics of the people that? That's what. Are? That's what I'm getting at. Now check okay. this. Right. Check this out. This one is on Twitter. Three hundred and seventy-five votes, so not quite as many. We had fire him now at twenty-one point six percent, so more than doubled. He's on the hot seat was 32.5. That is the most voted on on Twitter. You don't fire 11 wins was 31.7. That's the second most. And believe it or not, 14.1 said love him, extend him. But that, I guarantee you, are Michigan people on Twitter. <coughs> we actually have a lot more followers on Twitter and from the team up north than we do on Facebook. So here's what I want to break down about these results, guys. Facebook is an older demographic. Twitter is a younger demographic. So Facebook, typically the users in their mid to late 30s and older. Twitter, the, the user is usually late 30s and younger. Okay? So your 20s and 30s are typically on Twitter. And then your older 30s into your 40s and older are on Facebook. So that is usually typically the age difference. And I thought it was incredibly interesting, the difference in opinion between Twitter and Facebook. Aaron, your uh, your comments on these results. The people on Facebook that overwhelmingly said never fire somebody that wins 11 games, they, they have to be new fans because there's no way that that is the same group of people that watched John Cooper in the 90s do this exact same thing. There's no way. These have to either be bandwagoners or they're new. Because if they grew up with that heartbreak for that whole decade the way that we did, they wouldn't have said that. Demographics says not so not so not so much. That's what's crazy about this. Well, that's fine that it says what their age is. That doesn't mean they've been watching football all this time. Can, can I make the defense for why people may be saying that? Because <laughs> they don't know if anybody else is out there. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that we're about to expand to a 12-team format. And 11-1 is going to get you into the playoff as a, every as a Big Ten. Every year. Now, that being said, if you don't mind me jumping in here. 
We know where I've stood on this all along. I am ready to buy him a bus ticket out of town. I would be willing to buy a companion fare for Kyle McCord at this point. But let me tell you, it's just, it's insane to me, like Aaron said, that anybody who lived through the John Cooper years is willing to do this again. It is. It's, it's absolute insanity that you'd be willing to do that. <clears throat> Day has said this. We have said, everybody knows you have three jobs at Ohio State. Beat that team up north. Win the Big Ten. Win an Addy. Now, can you do that every year? No. Inconceivable to think you could do that every year. But you know what? The first two should be something you're doing at least on a consistent basis. And he's consistently dropping those games. He is one and three against that team up north. One and three. Are you kidding one and five against teams in the top five. One, I was just going to get to that. One and five against teams in the top five. Yes, people will defend him and say, you know what? Well, all, all of his losses have come to top 12 teams, which I think Oregon was the one outside the, the top 10. <coughs> but you know what? That, that doesn't matter. It's this is really. The, Wargo brings up another great comment. I mean, you want another Cooper comparison? Cooper was 2 0 against Notre Dame. So is Ryan Day. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it doesn't it's, matter. It's not Michigan. Okay, let me let me break this down for you in a way that is very interesting to think about. And and I don't want to get into the weeds about all of this because Chris brings up a very good point. If we don't win, okay, let's 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 say next year we don't lose we, we lose to Michigan again. Michigan goes on to the Big Ten championship game and their star running back or quarterback gets hurt in that game. They go on to the college football playoff and lose in the first round because it's a completely different team at that point. We don't go to the Big Ten championship game, but we spend that week getting prepared for the CFP. We then go to the CFP and we run the table and win a national championship. We are about to embark on NFL 2.0 in college football. And we have made the argument, and, and we actually talked about this with Mike Wargo. We've made the argument that Cooper had teams that probably would have won national championships. At least two. At, At least, least two. Maybe three. So maybe that's the argument people are saying when you they say you don't get rid of a coach who goes 11-1 and one because you don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. And that is, a, that is an argument that can be made. It's it not can. one that I necessarily like at this moment because of my emotions of losing that game again, but it is an argument that you can make and only time will tell only time will tell. I mean, how many times Aaron have we seen in the playoffs? The Bengals did it a couple years ago. I think the giants did one year where they were like the sixth seed and they were the, the, and they went, they won every game on the road and then they beat Brady in the super bowl. And they were, yeah, yeah. The, the Steelers, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's – and I'm not – Everything trash. goes back to the Steelers. With well, you. it's it's because they are the first and perhaps only team, if I'm not mistaken, to go in as the lowest seed in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. 
uh, the Giants did it. Giants the Giants did it, did it too? Okay. Yeah. All right. I knew it was one or two That teams. was over Brady's super team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They yeah. Uh-huh. And they were 13-0 going in. Good old Eli Manning. And yeah. 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 So it's yeah. doable. Yeah. Michael Strahan was on that team. Yep. Uh, that did that. Um, yeah, the, Brian, you know, the Brian, guy you're from- right, though, man. Hot seat's getting hot, man. It It, it, it is. Yeah, it is. So let's let me ask this follow up question: Is Ryan Day officially on the hot seat, Chris? He he better be. Like I said, my my opinion is he should be running out of town right now. But the fact is, yeah, he's on the hot seat, and I'm not so sure, guys. It would not surprise me. I, I mean, we've seen rumors flying around already about him possibly peaking interest from the NFL and from even other college programs. I don't know that I'd be that surprised to see him make a move. Uh, Brian, that's, it's not going to happen first off. So it's not, I'm not even going to entertain that because I don't even think it's going to happen. Vrabel, Vrabel would really be the only person that he could call at this point. You're not calling fickle. He just went what? Seven and five this year at Wisconsin. Yeah. He's in his first year. He's not going to leave after one year. Brian Hartline's not ready. Brian Day doesn't even trust him to call plays. There, there's there's one other call you make, but it would be so controversial. Urban Meyer. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, be, I think I, I think don't think he, it would be controversial with Ohio State fans. I don't think it'd be controversial yeah. at all. I think the controversy comes in how many freaking loaded Brinks trucks is it going to take to unload at his front door to get him to come out of retirement. Not, as many, not as many as you think, I don't not think, Not as Aaron. many as you think. I don't know. I don't know because, I mean. Even if he comes in for three to four yeah. years to rate the ship and groom a predecessor, hopefully better than the Yahoo we got in there right now. You know, well, then again, you have to ask yourself, Day was his handpicked choice to succeed him. Exactly, yes. So <laughs> d- does that tell me that maybe – Urban Meyer is such a control freak that Day wasn't really at the controls as much as we think. I don't think that was the case. I think I think that Urban Meyer is not somebody who develops people. I think Ryan Day is what Ryan Day has you, been. You think? <laughs> I don't think that he has grown. <clears throat> I mean, he's grown, okay, but like – I think that in big time situations, he craps his pants and, and it's yeah. the, the proof is there. And I think that that is one thing that Urban Meyer was always great at is when the spotlight was brightest, Urban Meyer would step into it. Ryan Day steps out of it. Does that make Meyer sense? Steps, steps into it with the right foot right to the groin. Yeah. He kicks the, the – never mind. <laughs> but yeah, you get what I'm saying. I, I hope that makes sense. But but no, I I think that would be the logical choice, even more so than well, unless you can get fickle. This comment frustrates me so much because Fr- Frank, he's I'm befuddled. So am I. Yeah. By Day's lack yeah. of aggression against Michigan. Um, <clears throat> look at how he coached against Georgia last year. And then this year in the tight games against Notre Dame. And against Ohio State, it's like he puckers up. Well, here, okay, here, let me interject here. It could be, and I kind of suspected this, okay? It doesn't explain Michigan the last two years, 
but it explains some of the other times, all right? I think this season he knew he didn't have the team to go balls to the wall like he, he did, did against Georgia. He knew Georgia. he didn't have the quarterback to do it. Right. Yeah, I think that he learned exactly what we talked about before the show went on. Kyle McCord was a five-star because Marvin Harrison was his wide receiver in high school. It's not because he's good. Chris Lee, that question is intriguing and deserves its own segment of a video right there. Will teams start foregoing conference title games if they are locked in the CFP? Great question. Holy cow. That's a good one. I that could see it. Great question. I could too. I could see starters sitting out that game. Sure. So yeah, I, I'm just now catching up with these. Uh, we are we fell behind like 40 comments, guys. Fantastic job tonight, guys. Fantastic job. All right, <clears throat> let's move on to because uh, we're about to go to overtime. So any any last thoughts on this before we go to our final final topic for tonight? I would just say, um, and Nick Quint brought it up, and it reminded me of it. We are getting a new AD. And a lot of times, ADs like to hire their own guy. So I think that if Ryan Day craps the bed again next year, that new AD might go ahead and take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, it depends who he is and who he wants. And Correct. Who he, and yeah. who he likes. Who's, and who's available. Or she. Or she, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, right. it might be Sabo. I, I would be happy if it was Sabo. Yeah. Remember, she was, uh, she was Gene's assistant. She went to the Big Ten. Yep. She went and worked, started working at the Big Ten. And she's she's a gamer, dude. Like, she is incredibly uh, competitive. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm still thinking if you called Spielman, he'd come back as AD. But I just don't think Spielman, with having not having athletic director experience, I mean, he's in the front office with player personnel decisions. That's different than an AD. AD's all about the money and buildings and things of that nature. Um, It's probably going to be – what's his name from Washington State? Chu. Is that his name, Chu? That sounds familiar. Who's an Ohio guy and worked at Ohio State, worked his way up the athletic department ranks, and then went to Florida International to be their AD and then on to Washington State. So he's been gaining AD experience along the way, and he's a, he's an Ohio guy. You bring him in, being an Ohio guy, if he pulls the trigger, I promise you he will hire an Ohio guy to coach this team. And that's what we need, Eric. So I'm kind of rooting for him, yeah. to be honest with you, because I, I think that that might be, that might be the, the secret sauce is getting another trestle-like Ohio guy, urban guy who says it's time to circle the wagons and make and make this about the state again. <coughs> um, all right, overtime question. Here we go. This one's interesting, guys, and, and I want to direct this one here a little bit. Let's say we don't get to the CFP, Chris. Yes. How should Buckeye fans view this year's bowl game if we are not in the CFP? All right. I've been thinking about this. It always bugs me when people sit out. And here's how I've decided to change my mindset. If you're not in the college football playoff, your season is officially over. 
Right. The bowl game is a view, if you will, to next year's football team. Yeah. Yes. And when the players sit out as head coach, I would do this. Julian Fleming, thanks for your thanks for your work this year. Appreciate it. Uh, it's time for the younger kids to play. Emeka Guka, yeah. you're on the borderline. You think you're going pro? You sit this one out. Younger kids get the pro, get the play. Henderson, yeah. you're probably not going to come back next year. I understand. Hayden, you're in. You all, who's returning? You guys are all returning next year. All right, you guys get the reps. It's yeah. time to roll. And this becomes a showcase for next year's team. We kind of already saw that when we went to the Rose Bowl. Yes. And Olave set out and Wilson set out and CJ Stroud started throwing touchdown passes to Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Marvin Harris in that game, right? It was a showcase for the next year's team. That's how I think you have to look at it. Uh, Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your hard work. CJ Hicks, you're in. You're here. You're now the starting linebacker, and you get all the reps this year for the rest of for bowl season. These are the things that that coaches have to do here. Yeah. And so, I it's going to be hard for Ryan Day to cut off some of those seniors who want to play. But in my opinion, you have to do what's best for your program. Yes. And if the bowl game doesn't mean crap anymore, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it don't. That this is all about getting your team ready for next season. Yes. That's how I want to view the bowl game if we don't go to the CFP. Guys, your thoughts. Go for it, Aaron. No, you say everything you just said, I am in one percent <coughs> agreement of. My dad and I have talked about this. This is on the money. It's it the bowl games don't mean anything anymore. It is simply a look to the future on what the team has. Um, and I think that we have a bright future. Um, and, you know, at this point, do we care what the bowl, uh, you know, the bowl game record is anymore? Because no I mean, we've, we've, I know, but we, we, we've talked a lot of trash about Harbaugh's bowl record. But at this point, with the CFP being what it is, those bowl games are just glorified exhibition games. They are. With backups. Yep. And so does it really matter? I think that it, this is just a talking point to our fans that let's chill out on the bowl records. All right. If, if Ryan day is two and six, but four of those games were uh, the Rose bowl in a non CFP, you know, it doesn't matter. So, but yeah, you're right, Eric. It's, it's about building the program and that's how you do that. The guys that aren't totally committed, you're not playing. I want the guys that are going to be here next year. I need to see what they're going to do. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's uh, uh, Chris. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah, I I, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, you know, you have to see what we have on tap for next year. I I don't think that the bowls mean <clears throat> squat. You know, the, the the bowl games have basically become the NFL's uh, what are they, the Pro Bowl. You know, where you get. You don't get the top players because they're all in the real playoffs. So now it's you get the third, fourth, fifth best players, you know. With shiny trophies. And with with shiny yep. trophies, yeah. So 
honestly, I mean, I am I'm completely on board with what you said. I think we need to, you know, just see that future talent, give those guys the reps, uh, and and like you said, I I honestly start that conversation the minute we find out whether or not we're in. Yep. And you prep them all bowl season. Yes. Yeah. It's it's invaluable reps, dude. Yes. And, and those are, those are those real time reps and games are going to help those kids next this year. This is going to sound there. completely jaded and selfish, but <clears throat> if if those reps are so valuable, you have to look those seniors in the eye and say, "Thank you for your effort. We tried, but we didn't succeed. Your season's over. Their season starts." Yeah. That's, that's the business end I, of this. And, I know that and sounds, honestly, when they bitch about it, maybe you look at them and say, maybe you should have tried harder. I know that sounds incredibly calloused to say. And like, I don't like, I don't care. And, and it, nothing could be further from the truth. Like, I appreciate everything. Tommy Eichenberg and Kate Stover. Absolutely. And Xavier Johnson. Like, I'm a huge Stover fan, guys. I, I grew up down the road from the guy, from where he he grew up. Like I understand like where the culture in which he came from. I'm a huge Stover fan. Xavier Johnson, God love him. I think the kid's a phenomenal yeah. leader. In fact, I'm mad he didn't get to get used more because every time he touched the ball, he made stuff Something happen. Something happened. Man. Yeah. But I'm sorry, guys. Your time's over. You didn't make it. It's time to move on and get the next crop of guys ready. Because that is the goal now, is getting to the CFP and winning it. And you're not going to do it with the guys who are seniors. So that's but what's what I would do. And that's kind of how I look at it as a fan. <clears throat> I don't know if Ryan Day would do that. I doubt it. I, I seriously doubt it. But uh, He doesn't have the stones for a move like that. I agree. But that, yeah. is the, that is the business end of this. So, Eric, I agree. I don't know, Mark, because <clears throat> I'm not so sure that uh, – Oh, number 30. What's his name? He doesn't Cody come back. Simon. Cody Simon. Yeah, Cody Simon doesn't come back next year. Yes, he's a senior, but he could be a super senior. I'd like to see that. He might decide to come back next year. He has he has one more year of eligibility. Uh, it's CJ Hicks needs to get on the field, though. Yes, he does. Do you see a QB change for next season? Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I I said the only way Kyle McCord is the starting quarterback next season is if he won a natty this well, year. Well, I see two things happening. I see them going back to the transfer portal, and I see them giving Aaron Nolan a serious look as a true freshman. I agree. Look at Malik Murphy. If you guys have not heard, look into yeah. that situation because he may be in Columbus next year. Kyle McCord so, will transfer if he comes here. Promise you that. Ryan Day has got to get a killer instinct about him. He had that killer instinct when he first took over as head coach. He went down to Georgia and he grabbed, um, he grabbed, gosh, I'm Dabo. in trouble with names tonight. No. Dabo? Uh, no. Went down to Georgia and got Georgia's quarterback. Got Fields. God, oh, Justin Fields, yeah. Justin Fields. Why couldn't I think of his name tonight? He went down and got Justin Fields. Remember what Tate Martell did? Transferred for the first about 15 times. See ya, buddy. That was all Ryan Day. Later, Tater. Rayola's not coming here. 
That is that is all that was all Ryan Day saying, you're not good enough in my offense. I'm gonna go get someone better than you. He needs to do that again, guys. Like I again, McCord is a good service of quarterback. He is a great backup quarterback. Yes. And if he beat out Brown, then I don't I, I'm sorry. Brown ain't your answer either. Nope. So it's it's tough it's tough to you know pill to swallow, but this is all Ryan Day's doing, guys. He could choose between JJ McCarthy and Kyle McCord, and he chose wrongly. Now I don't think JJ McCarthy's much better, in my opinion. He was I mean he was he was he didn't throw any interceptions. He ran for first down. Those are two things our quarterback didn't do. Better decision maker. But that was all Ryan Day's decision to go get McCord and not McCarthy. McCarthy admitted it this week to their media. He was an Ohio State fan and he wanted to be a Buckeye. Yeah. McCord didn't start watching Ohio State until 2016 or 17. He has no idea about Ohio State culture. Arch Manning uh, is not transferring. Nick quit. I don't want him. I think it's Kyle McCord 2.0, honestly. For complete it again, Arch Manning. Arch Manning is a name. He's not yes. leaving Texas. Go watch go watch his film in high school. Same thing with Quint Ewers. Aaron called Quint Ewers out years ago. I remember Aaron watching his film and going, he ain't that great. I seen him in person. <laughs> Quint Ewers had one really good game against against uh, Alabama. And then I watched him the next week absolutely just puke all over himself yeah. as a quarterback. Um, in the college game, guys, you need a quarterback who can run it and throw it. And yeah. here's the thing. And one of the viewers here, what have we got? Is it Jeb? Yeah, Jeb, Jeb Elmo. Uh, he, he's got a great point here. But I'll tell you, I'll answer that because Ryan Day believed – believes in the NFL system where you just drop back and pass. But even the NFL is getting away from that with the they RPO are. stuff. Yeah. They are. I watched, You've got to be mobile. Listen to this. I watched the, the end of the Texans game again today. CJ yeah. Stroud took off running multiple times. At one point in the game, about halfway through, CJ was their leading rusher. I don't know how it finished, but CJ was the team's leading rusher. Crazy. <laughs> That's an unproven commodity. Kind but you know what? I, don't I, know I wouldn't hate to see him get a shot. Nope, I'm with it. We don't know till he's on the field. So, yeah, yeah throw you know, him in I think I think that next year this is a wide-open competition. <clears throat> I really do. It needs to be. It needs to be, yeah. So one of the things you're going to see us do in, in, in the um, coming weeks, we're going to have some videos where we, we, we dissect this stuff like – much more than we just did tonight on the direction of this team. There are coaches on this staff that Ryan Day needs to fire. We're going to talk about that. Parker Fleming. Parker Fleming. Yeah, Parker Fleming. He needs to go like a year ago. Yeah, he, he needed to be gone. Um, Why do we even need a special teams coach with the performance we're getting? Exactly. Let's get rid of him, make James Laurinaitis the linebackers coach, and let Knowles focus on being a full-time defensive coordinator. It, Brian, if you're saying Tua transferring from Maryland, he's like 25 years old. He's done. This was like his sixth year of eligibility in college. This was it. He's out of here. 
Uh, he did break the all-time throwing passing record in the Big Ten. For the conference, yeah. But that that is also kind of misleading because they did not count bowl games and postseason stats. And Drew Brees, if they would have done that, would have would have still been the passing leader in the Big Ten. Eric Osbeck, ouch! Ryan Day needs to fire Ryan Day. Don't don't be surprised if that isn't what happens, guys. Ryan Ryan Day needs to look himself in the mirror and and remember who he was. Okay, I wasn't going to talk about this tonight, but we're all we're already twelve minutes in overtime. Might as well go here. Let's keep it. Ryan Day. When he was in the box, up in the box, calling plays, and it wasn't his players, was a whole lot more aggressive than he is on the sideline calling plays with his players. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Oh, 100%. 100%. I, you know, there's a big difference, I think, between yeah. Which leads being me the to guy. This comment right here. Ryan Day needs a play caller. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Here's the thing. I think Ryan Day is an offensive genius. And that's why that won't ever happen. From the press box, like you said, Eric. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has the makeup to be a head coach. That's my problem with him. I think he has the a great ability as an offensive coordinator. He's not built to be the guy. I don't think he can handle the pressure. I think he needs to find somebody that he trusts the way that Urban Meyer trusted him up in the box. I do agree with you guys, but he needs to, he can call the plays, but what he needs is somebody that he trusts, like his right hand man, eyes in the sky, that can help him out to make the right play calls. He also needs to grow a pair more consistently. His testicles blow up and shrink more than anybody I've ever heard of, and I don't understand it. He needs somebody to help him out. I agree with everybody in the comments section. It's just the way it is. One so, day he's got wheelbarrow. The next day, I don't know what the hell's going on. Microscope. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris, I Sorry. want you to do me a favor tonight. Yes. I want you to finally admit to me that Kevin Wilson was valuable. Oh, there's no doubt. Obviously. I, I am 100% on board saying – I was wrong. I thought that Ryan Day I know you see what I see. was uh-huh. much more important than what Kevin Wilson was. I thought that Kevin Wilson yeah. was just Put it on the title. Screen. Put it on the screen. Which makes this comment coming. I was going to say this and Mark Swick literally yes. read my mind. Put it on which the screen. Makes the next hire Ryan Day need to be this guy. Not for any other reason than eyes in the sky. Put him in the box. Let him be the Kevin Wilson for you. Now, this might mean we lose Brian Hartline because Brian Hartline won't be calling plays. Are you all right with that? I'm not. No. You just pay, you just, you just pay Brian Hartline more, right? He <laughs> just, just pay him more. Here's the truck. Here's the thing. Kelly is the past of college football. Brian Hartline is the future. It's it's not about his coaching or his Larry input. Daniels. It's about – that's funny. It's it's not about what Chip Kelly is going to contribute to the culture of the team. It's about Ryan Day trusting him, and they know each other's offense because yes. that's where Day came from. 
and he is simply, hey, the alignment of the safeties is this. Call this passing play. And Dave will go, okay, interesting. Let's do it. Or whatever the case. That would be the only value that Chip Kelly should have. He can do that as – can he do that as an analyst? No. Is he allowed – he's not. He'd have to be – Analysts can't yeah. do actual game day coaching anyhow. Game right, day. they they're not supposed to do crap on game days. But if he's just communicating to Ryan Day, is is that not? That's coaching. That is assisting. You have to be on a coaching staff. I like your thinking. I know what you know. What I'm trying to do here. I'm trying. I do. To, because I also want I want James Laurinaitis to be a full time coach so he can get out on the recruiting trail. He's not currently. That you would be that? that'd be big. Yeah, he's just a, he's a grad assistant. How in the world does Fleming is Fleming able to go out and recruit, and and Laurinaitis is not? That's got to change. That does have to change, like yesterday. Do you think Brian Hartline could be an understudy to Chip Kelly? That's what I would be banking on. If you back the Brinks truck up to him, like 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 Aaron said, you pay him enough. With the idea of saying, hey. Put, put them both in the press box? Yes, put them yeah. both. He's right beside him. Yeah. He's Dude. learning it from him. You, that's how you have to do that. With the understanding that he will be the next head coach at some point. I would I would put that in a contract. I would yeah, take Brian would, Hartline any day. I would literally. Here's what I would do. I can't believe we're getting into this. <clears> but this is. I would get Chip Kelly here. Make him the O.C. Assistant OC, him and Brian Hartline are both OCs. Brian Hartline, you also do special teams. Yeah. But what do you do with the wide receivers at that point? He's still wide receiver coach. He's still wide receiber coach, too. He's just how difficult also, he's, that is. He's just but he's but are aren't aren't a lot of the guys on special teams also wide receivers? They're like first, second year are wide receivers. It's different things. You're not coaching them to be wide receivers while they're doing special teams. Right. But yeah, but you're right. A lot of them are wide receivers or DBs or whatever. You're right. But it's two different responsibilities that take time unto themselves. But I'm not – okay. Well, we got to come up with a solution for Ryan Day because he obviously needs help here because we got to get Fleming off this staff. The other thing is we have – I've got the solution, Eric. We An also, unemployment check. We, we, also have to, <laughs> we also have two defensive backs, Coach. Right? I like them both, but – most teams don't. They have one. Yeah. If you're the cornerback. You're also the safety coach. <clears throat> we have a defensive. We have a defensive coordinator right now, who's not coaching a position. He was linebackers, but then we brought Laurenitis in. Like there's so this staff right now is so mixed up, and and there's no there's there's missing continuity to this thing. And it's got to get fixed. And, Jay, you're right. The little animal needs to be on this staff full time. Yeah. Because make... he, why can't he replace Fleming as special teams coach? There you go. Line, well, he's the linebackers coach, though. You just told me you can't mix them up. No, you're right. But my understanding is is Jim Knowles is still coaching the linebackers, is he he's, not? He's not. He, he gave, gave it all. that up. James is the linebackers coach who's not able to go to freaking recruit. It's screwed up, Aaron. That's weird. They it's, need to. It's he. Yeah. He can recruit on campus when they come to him or on the phone. Yeah. He can't go to the recruits' house. They need to fix that. But Fleming can. <laughs> that is asinine to me. It is. 
That's dumb. Pure stupidity. And Jim Knowles might be a great defensive coordinator. I think he's really good schematically. Yeah. I do. I think he's he's improved this defense immensely. One can argue that he failed again this past weekend. I, I don't think he did. I think he put the defense in a good enough position to win the game if our offense could have, you know, walked and chewed gum at the same time. But he's not even a big-time recruiter, and that's part of the problem, which is why you need James out there so bad right now. Donald, you're right, buddy. That is the case. He needs him a first sergeant to fix his problem. He is that he is that butter bar that got somehow appointed to like company commander and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He needs a first sergeant. You're right. I like how you put that. Fire Johnson and let LJ take his place. JL. James, James Fire Larry uh, Johnson. Larry Johnson and have James that's, take that's, a that's not a good idea. No, I, that's a mistake. Thanks, thanks for the offering, Brian. But I don't think I don't think Laurinaitis can coach defensive line. Not he at that level. He didn't play it. He, he was a linebacker. He 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 speaks the love language of linebacker. You want to know who to get rid of on a line? Fry. Yes. Mm. There's been no improvement. No improvement. No, no not not on the field and not on the recruiting trail. They're yeah, still softer than the baby's bottom. We got a three star. Okay. We need fives. We need high fours. We're not getting that. Nothing has changed. That is a fact, Jay. That is a fact. <laughs> you you army guys. <laughs> Can't read a map, and he gets too much money. All right, guys, we went way over tonight, but we needed to. We needed this therapy. We are going to we're we're going to talk more about this game, although I don't really want to. But as the week comes along, as the week comes closer to what we know is going to happen by this time next Sunday, we're going to know what what's going to happen, whether we're in the CFP or yeah, actually, you're right, Jaro Jaro happiness, Jar of happiness. Fry may go to Indiana. It's, he needs his, to. That's his alma mater. So, Deuces. Um, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> we'll know by this time next week where we're going, so we'll talk about that. Um, we'll, we'll, we're going to turn the page for that. We're going to talk more about this stuff. There is a whole lot of stuff that we need to get into that we're going to talk about. There's going to be some changes to the show moving forward here, guys. We're bringing on a fourth, and we're super excited about who we're bringing on. And uh, I can't wait to introduce him to all of you. And it, it's simply for the fact that, you know what? I need a break. And sometimes Chris needs a break. And sometimes Aaron goes plays war games. Yes. And he needs a break. And we, we just need someone else there so that in case two of us aren't there or one of us is missing, we can still have a show of two or three. And so we're going to be bringing on a fourth guy. We might bring on a fifth guy later in the offseason as well because our YouTube channel, we want it to grow. We want it to expand, and we want to do more things on YouTube, including the Colin show. 
Um, th- hopefully, this offseason, we will be able to launch a weekly call-in show where you can call in and you can give us your opinions and talk talking points and answer questions and ask questions and things of that nature because this show is growing. We want to be kind of like the Always Irish for all of you. If you've never seen the Always Irish show uh, with John Kennedy, uh, we want to kind of be like that, but we're not exactly because none of us are John Kennedy. He is a nature of itself okay but we are uniquely us and we also want to include all of you in that as well so we're going to be doing that as well this off season i've, I've already gonna been looking at different soundboards and we'll be getting a, a new call-in line so you literally can just call them the call-in number it's going to be awesome so that's going to be great so we want uh we we'll want you to all know about that and there's just got a lot of different things going to be happening in this off season last thing on January, I think it's the 13th, Chris, I believe it is. That sounds right. It's coming, scrolling on the bottom of our screen right now. I'm waiting for it to get here. Saturday, January 13th, we are going to be doing an OHIO podcast fans gathering at the OSU hockey game. I bought a buttload of tickets. I've given two away already. I got to call Chris and give some to him. If you live in or around the Columbus area, maybe you live far away, but you want to come to Columbus that weekend, hang out. Uh, We're going to be going to that hockey game. It's OSU against Notre Dame. And uh, we got a whole section for ourselves. I bought a bunch of tickets and said, give me the group rate. And uh, I want to give those to some of our listeners and meet some of you and, uh, and be a part of that. So if you are interested on Saturday, January 13th, to come and meet Chris and myself, Aaron, I don't know if you'll be available or not that that weekend, but uh, gotta we'll check see. my drill schedule. Gotcha. Um, all of that, we would love to meet you. I know that um, our buddy from uh, the Purdue podcast is coming. Hey. So yeah, so it's gonna be great, man. We're gonna have a great <clears throat> time. Chris, any last thoughts, man? I got nothing, Eric. I got nothing until we find out what's going on next week. And I you can nothing. meet her too. She'll be there. Much better than Eric, I promise. Oh yeah, she's yeah. she's my. If you think kid. Eric is a character, wait till you meet Sarah. <laughs> oh, she's great. <laughs> so uh, my stepson Xander's wrestling this hey. year, first, first year wrestling, and I remember Sarah going to her nephew's wrestling meets and screaming at him from the stands to suck it up. So I can't even imagine what she's gonna be like at her own boys' wrestling meet. I'm like, oh my goodness! I don't know if I know this lady. Is, is there going to be a punky appearance at the hockey game, Eric? No punky appearance. No, no. punky appearance. Okay. No, no punky. Punky's my 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 new little dog. Punky made an appearance on Lenny Lenny Zabo's show yesterday. So, all right, guys, that's our show for this week. Next week, this logo over there won't be there. Thank uh, God. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't do the background for the whole show, guys. If you're watching, I couldn't do it. It was just. It was playing tricks with my eyes, so I got through half the show. There you go. Congratulations on your win. Enjoy it. Hopefully next year Ryan Day shows up and is a it goes nuclear like we wanted. But um, be kind to one another, unless they're from that state up north. <laughs> be kind to one another. Sing, uh, sing. Uh, gosh, I'm having all kinds of trouble tonight. Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. That's still the song, right? Sing Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time. Oh, H, guys. Ohio. Ohio. Go Bucks. <laughs>